The scripture lesson today is this passage from Mark's gospel, the first chapter, verses 14 through 20. And I titled the sermon today, uh, Yeah, You. Yeah, You. Um, I'd like to imagine, and, and I stress the word imagine because I'm not sure how much biblical support I have for what I'm about to share with you. But I like to imagine that these fishermen that we've read about in our story hated their jobs and they hated their lives. And the reason why I like to imagine that they hated their jobs and they hated their lives is because of what we do know about this particular time uh, in first century Palestine. The best and the brightest kids, the, the people that graduated at the top of their class in Galilee High School were the ones that were chosen to go and to study under the rabbis in the hopes that they would be great learners and teachers of the law. And so the best and the brightest kids always got that opportunity to go and to find a rabbi and to be one of their followers, one of their disciples, one of their students. And if you were not one of the best and brightest, if you were not at the top of your class in Galilee High School, then chances are you had to do whatever it is that your father did for a living. That you had to follow in the footsteps of your father and just do whatever trade they did. That became your trade whether you liked it or not. Now I want you to think for a second. If you had to follow in one of your parents' footsteps and do the job that they did for a living, I'm guessing that there's some of you here that wouldn't want to do that. You would absolutely hate to do that. You would rather do anything else in your entire life than to do that. And so I like to imagine that these fishermen that are in this story may be among those that did not like their job and they did not like their life. They didn't like the fact that their skin was cracking under the sun being out in it all day. Or if they fished at night, they didn't like the fact that they had to work the night shift and then sleep all day while everybody else was out and about. They didn't like the windblown look of their hair and they certainly didn't like the fact that no matter how many times you wash your hands, they still smell like fish. I can imagine that these, this, these fishermen may not have liked their job at all. And they may not have liked their life at all. And the reason why I like to imagine that is because so many of us don't like our jobs. So many of us don't like our lives. And yet we won't. Or we think we cannot make a change. This came to mind for me this week. Uh, Hillary and I were watching this television show. This woman actually gets a free session to go to a counselor. And so she goes to the counselor. And it doesn't take the counselor very long to figure out that this woman either doesn't want to change. Or she doesn't think that she can change. And so at some point during the counseling session, the counselor woman says, I I don't think you want to change. I don't think you think you can change. I think you already know what you're going to do so why don't you just go do it there are so many people out there that don't like their lives they don't like their jobs and and yet they don't make any kind of a change because they don't think they can or they just won't Well, in our scripture lesson this morning, if that is at all what is going on in the lives of our fishermen, Jesus offers a word to them. Jesus says that the kingdom of God has come near. 
There is no better time than right now. And if you want your life to be different moving forward, you have to repent and believe in the good news. Now, when you and I think about the word repent, we always probably think about it in terms of church and in terms of sin. And certainly that is an aspect of repentance to turn away from our sin. But did you know that the word repent actually translated from Greek into English means to change one's mind, to change one's direction? And so if you don't like your job or if you don't like your life, then Jesus's words to repent and to believe is pretty good advice, whether he's talking about sin or not. If you don't like your life, you have to change your direction. You have to change your mind. You have to change your heart. You have to believe that it's possible. There is no better time than right now. The kingdom of God is all around you. So if you don't like something, repent and believe. Now that's pretty good advice for anybody going through life. But like I mentioned a few moments ago, when Jesus is talking about repenting and when Jesus is talking about believing in the good news, he is talking about sin. He's not just talking about somebody that may not like their job or may not like their life. He is talking about turning away from the things that keep you far from God to change your direction, to change your mind, to change your heart. But the only way that you might be able to do that is if you believe that there's no better time than right now. That if you believe that the kingdom of God is here in this very moment. But it is so hard to believe that when there's so much garbage in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirit. And one of the reasons why you and I find it so difficult, if not sometimes downright impossible, to repent of our sin One of the reasons is because we don't take sin very seriously. Uh, We don't accept responsibility for our sins very well. Instead, we would much rather blame somebody else or something else, some life circumstance. Blame people, blame events, blame places, blame our upbringing, blame our parents. We don't take responsibility that we can make some wholesale changes, that we can turn around. We can change our direction. We can change our thinking. We can change our minds. We can change our hearts. We would rather blame somebody else. And we also have a very shallow view of sin. We don't really like to think about the fact that sin at its very core is absolute and total rebellion against God. And so we like to think when we do these little things that we might call wrongdoings or misgivings because we really don't like to call them sins, that it's really not that big a deal, that it only affects us, that it really doesn't affect anybody else. And we have lost sight that when you and I sin, it is not only a sin against ourselves, it is a sin against 
God. It is rebelling against what God wants for our lives and desires for our past and our futures moving forward. So sometimes we don't take sin seriously. We just blame everybody else for what's going on instead of accepting responsibility for ourselves. And sometimes we have too shallow a view of sinfulness. And and we don't realize that when we sin, it's not only a sin that affects us and the people around us. It is a rebellion against what God wants for our lives. And the other reason why it's hard to change is because we don't take repentance very seriously either. I laugh at inappropriate things a lot. And uh, a lot of times up here and uh while we're sitting here, there's things, and I laugh not because they're funny, but because they're sad, and I, I deal with sadness with humor. And one of the things I'm always struck by is when we preachers are going through the sacrament of word and table, and we get to that point in the liturgy where we confess our sins before God and one another, and in the book it says that the pastor uh, stops speaking and that everybody prays in silence. And I invite you to just pull out your watch and count how long a pastor will wait before he moves on to the next part of the liturgy. Because that's the point in the liturgy where you and I are supposed to repent of our sin. We're supposed to be specific about the sins that we've created, that we've been committing, and that we are supposed to bear our hearts and souls and minds before God. And if we wait ten seconds before we start reading the liturgy again, I'd be surprised. We don't see the value in acknowledging our sin and repenting of our sin. And we don't believe that the kingdom of God is all around us. And that there is no better time than right now to decide to change our direction. To change our heart, to change our mind, and to follow Jesus. Yeah, this is a story about a bunch of fishermen who are invited by Jesus to follow them. And oftentimes when we preachers preach this text, that's the part that we emphasize. Jesus just walks up, says, hey, follow me. He's like, hey, got nothing better to do? Yeah, I'll follow you. Let's go. But Jesus sets the whole story up by saying, you must repent and you must believe that the kingdom of God is here right now and that there's no better time than to turn back to me and to follow me. Jesus didn't promise those fishermen that day that if they decided to do that, that everything in life would just all of a sudden magically work out. Jesus didn't say that you would be able to avoid all of the adversity in life and all of the unforeseen circumstances in life. And you may hate your job of fishing now, but boy, this new job fishing for people, you're going to love it. Jesus never said that. The whole thing that Jesus wanted you to see is that you can either choose to live in your sin, you can either choose living your life turned away from God, or you can turn back towards God, and you can live in the kingdom of God, and and, and you can experience the joy of walking where God wants you to walk and doing what God wants you to do. That's where you find 
meaning in life. But you got to want it. And you got to believe it. And so I'm wondering, is there anyone here this morning, preacher included, that's got a part of our lives where it is clear that we are not looking to God? That we are not following God? And are we not doing it because we don't believe we can or we just don't want to? Is there anyone here that needs to be reminded that the kingdom of God is here? And there's no better time to turn back to God and to follow God and to live into God's dream and desire for each one of us.